You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. friends welcome to episode nine of storyteller conclave this is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to up your game to the next level i am sarah and i'm rob we have really no new updates but I'll go over the updates we do have anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Patreon is live. We thank our Patreon members, and we will thank them again and again and again. Uh, the only issue that we're having right now is our Patreon bots being a little bit of an idiot. I don't think its AI is as good as we thought it was going to be. So Rob we're going to straight get up going to punch a robot. I'm going to punch a robot tomorrow. Um, also, a minor update on our listen live. Uh, we have no update. Uh, so we believe that the process is still being worked on. Uh, our current engineering staff has assured us that they are working diligently with the other party members on this. Uh, unfortunately, the beast is a bit bigger than they expected, and there are some other side delays that are occurring. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we've got for updates. I really don't have any other updates other than the fact that mm, we'll get to that at the end of the show. Yep, yep. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> though, uh, uh, you can still listen to us live uh, using the Podcast Detroit app. Oh, yeah, that's true. On, that's, that's available true. on both the uh, – iTunes App Store and the Android uh, uh, Google Play Store. Yep. So if you're listening to us now, thank you. Thank you. Yep. So uh, last week, we kind of got into the discussion about etiquette and said we were going to go into this. And uh, we got some really great questions from people. Which yeah. We're actually spot on to kind of where we were going with this. Absolutely. Um, and then we kind of started chewing on it a little bit. And I did some digging to see because – I guess for me, like, it's come second nature. So it was really hard for me to start thinking about etiquette because I'm like, how much of this is etiquette and how much of this is just me knowing my friends? And as I started going through it, I'm like, because it is what we do. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, we, we've come, become second – you know, it, we've come rote almost uh, hearth knowledge yeah, between yeah. us. And because we do game with now a number of storytellers because we've been gaming that long, mm-hmm. a lot of that carries. We just kind of know certain rules and certain house rules. And there's a certain level of respect and we become good friends to come to that level. So breaking it down into something that's digestible for new people I think is a – Really good idea, and I think it was really kind of challenging. But we found some good resources. Well, I, th- I think even for for people who are you know experienced storytellers and stuff like that, I think it's still a good discussion to have because, I mean, what have I what have we decided? I was I've been storytelling for about twenty five years or so, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. even still, I mean, I'm still thinking of some of these issues that we discussed. And you and, miss sight of them because you. I mean, we don't do this for a living. Sure, and and I think even if you did, you would. You'd still miss things you that take you're certain things for granted, right. and we all have our shortcomings at times, especially yeah. just because of you know how we're doing that given day. You get uh, you get you get kind of tunnel visioned on telling yeah. your story. You don't you know you stop you stop kind of seeing the players in front of you at a certain point sometimes. Yeah, and, uh, you know. So there's there's there. I think there's a lot everybody can learn about a good healthy discussion of tabletop etiquette. Yeah. And you know what what are kind of the mechanics that we work with outside. Of the group, the meta of being a group of people sitting at a table, regardless of what game you're playing. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that kind of actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tip this off a little funny. I'm gonna throw you a little bit on this one. Okay. Um, one of the players that we've got actually, who was, or uh, one of the, I should say, one of our listeners who was a guest, uh, Overwatch, um, said, uh, had the question of how do you introduce the idea of table etiquette to new players? Uh, besides this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> um, listen to episode you know, nine of the Storyteller Conclave podcast. Yeah, uh, is there a session where you go over the basics or these unwritten rules that are only spoken if, spoken if they're broken? Um, first off, it's a great rhyme, fantastic work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, I think that was the one that kind of caught me. I'm like, how do we talk about this? Oh, it and absolutely I, was that that one right. was was one one that really kind of sucker punched me because I it was something I never really thought about. Like you said, this is all kind of hearth knowledge for us. Yeah. We've been doing this for so long that we kind of take all this for granted that, you know, you think, well, how does a new player know how to act in a role-playing game? 
and and we're not talking act. No, in no, the no, no, no. Sense. I mean, like, yeah. how do you act when you're invited to a gaming group, right? Or you know, if and, and, what if, what sort of behavior are you looking for? If you're not a and I'm going to say this because it, we find this a lot. If you're not a social person mm-hmm. who goes to parties or hangs out at other people's homes, you meet people at you know, a coffee shop or you meet somebody at a bar. Mm-hmm. Those etiquette conditions are very different than being at someone's home or being at a, a role-playing center mm-hmm. like a, a, a game shop or something like that. So you've kind of got to – I don't know. Have a roadmap. I know – I've been to two gaming centers now um, where like uh, um, RIW mm-hmm. uh, has it and I th- I don't think the other place that I was thinking of had it, uh, but there used to be a place out, I want to say, on the east side that both had a board. Now, granted, mm-hmm. it was some of them were comical kind of etiquette things, but most of them were decently – there were things I could easily remember like don't be a dick, you know, sure, uh, sure. D- check your ego at the door, things like that. But they were good things to have for any game you're gaming, whether it was Warhammer, whether mm-hmm. it was role-playing. Um, so some hobby centers have those types of things, you know, don't bring drinks into this area or if you do, make sure it has a lid, you know, so that you don't spill it everywhere, you sure. know, things like that. But there are so many other little pieces of etiquette that we miss. So I think it's I, I think it's great that we're doing this, that we're mm-hmm. going to try and break this down. And uh, I I like uh, when you did the show sheet, you you kind of re-categorized uh, it to new for player. And and started with that because I think that is the most important place to start. Yep. Yep. So uh, let's. You want to hit the list? I guess we yeah, start from sure. the top. Okay. Uh, all right. So these are these are all, all all these tips we're about to go over are geared towards our new players and no particular order. And we'll break yeah, down. Yeah, absolutely no no particular yeah. order. Yeah. Um. So so, uh, so some quick quick uh, quick advice for new players. Um. First off. Uh, one of the things that everybody kind of kind of struggles with at first is the distinction between in character and out of character, or meta, as some people call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, uh, the the quote that I love to hear is, uh, "I will never be mad at you for anything that happens on graph paper." <laughs> uh, meaning, of course, that you know, like if Galstaff, the Sorcerer of Light, <laughs> is yelling at you and telling you that you're a fool for invoking that demon, right. you need to understand that, you know, Bob, the guy who's playing Galstaff, is not mad at you. Right. Like, Galstaff has every reason to be mad at Maricel right. for being a jerk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Bob's not mad at Sarah. Right. And same goes for pretty much any other game where you've got a level of conflict. If mm-hmm. someone um, in... Uh, you know, uh, a setting even like Urban Shadows, which is uh, a, a very much a social game where you're creating a conflict and trying to find resolution. Those games create heated conflict. Mm-hmm. It's being able to recognize that distance, that little bit of distance of saying this is character and being able to look at the person and know that you're just doing this in character. Absolutely. And in the what we've said before too, I believe in previous episodes, maybe even been last episode, is Probably. you know, if you ever do have a doubt about the distinction between that, if you ever yeah. think that that line is being crossed and you're you're uncertain, you think that, that person's maybe getting a little heated, just just take a moment, step back and say, "Hey, are I'm this is just my character. Are we cool? This is all in character, right?" And just wait for that person to say, "Oh yeah, 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 no, no, we're we're good, we're good. I understand you're not you're not really mad at me. It's your character. Okay, good. And then you can run right back into it. But it's yeah. always good if you have any doubt, always check because it's better to just take that moment and check and break the scene, break the flow of the scene for three seconds rather than you know, yeah, potentially having an escalated situation. Totally, totally. Yeah, and and this goes in with some of the things we've got, and we'll kind of. We'll get we'll we'll move through these and get a little bit more feeling because we're not mm-hmm. going to get to conflict and things like that. But um, I think in the flow of staying uh, of being in character is try and stay in character when you're your character. There's we're always prone to making our characters, or a lot of us are prone to making our characters, our initial characters, different versions of ourselves, mm-hmm. a, sure. a better image or the ultimate image of yourself. That's a fantasy a game. Thing. We all yeah. we all want we all want to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. That doesn't necessarily mean that your character knows what you know or your character is you in just a different time period. It's not like you literally got transported out of time and suddenly your beliefs on women's rights and justice apply to your character who has this wonderful background of slavery, mm-hmm. you know, like where you were a slave owner. Obviously, there's going to be some differences there. So you have to remember that 
your character has a background, has a history, has a history through the game. Try and stick with that. Um, Mouse Guard does a good job of tying some of the pieces of history and background into your into your character sheets. So you're staring at them constantly. Yep, absolutely. And I, I think that's a good thing to do. And in, in something like D&D, you don't necessarily get that reinforcement except for in background um, a little bit. Like, oh, I'm a soldier. Great. Yeah, it's, I have, it's a, a little more codified now in 5th edition, I think, than it was in previous editions. Oh, because totally. your background actually does give you a benefit. So it, it does, it, it but does it's not – It incentivize you leaning into it a little bit. Yeah, but it's not explicit on your sheet way of helping you get sure. into character. So sure. I think one of the things like some of the other systems which are definitely more social and – I will say role playing forward, mm-hmm. like uh, vampire. Make sure that nature and demeanor are yep. on the sheet. Um, yep. Seventh C uses her hubris and virtues right on the sheet. So mm-hmm. when you look at it, you're like, my character is reckless, and the word reckless is right on there. So your 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 mind's already moving to that. So some you know use those types of things to help you stay in that character position. Right. You know, encourage that as a storyteller. Like, hey, your character is a little reckless, isn't they? Oh yeah, I guess they are. And then. Use that to stay in character. But but everything – I guess the moral of the story is everything you do is going to be better if you're if you're in character than mm-hmm. just describing your character from an out standpoint. Exactly. You can say, well, my, my character turns to Rob and says, uh, what, are we, what are we going to do about this? That or terrible. Or you can put on – maybe put on a voice and say, you know, what, what, what are we going to do about this? Well, and now they suddenly know you're in it's already a little bit more dramatic than right. me just saying, "Okay, well, that that's what I ask him," you know. Yeah. Um, and and I would say, don't don't be afraid to perform a little bit. Right. I, you're only going to enhance the situation. Yep. You know, I I, I think even even the ham fisted attempts I've seen by new players to you know do a voice or you know act something out or something like that. Even if it was a little goofy and awkward at the time, mm-hmm. it was still good. Always. It was still a good effort and we were all able to kind of laugh about it. OK, maybe it was a little awkward, but hey, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. It was fun and it enhanced the scene. Yeah. Lead into it if you can. Like yeah. you get a, a, a D20 roll and it rolls a, a natural 20. Lean into the role play a little oh, bit. Yeah. Get, let that ride, that good energy ride a little bit. And and plus you're only – just like anything in life, you're only going to get better at it by practice. Always. So the sooner you start acting your character out and getting into your character and staying in your character, the more second nature that's going to become for you. And it's going to be a better game for everybody around you. Yeah. I think the next ones that we're sliding into are more the ones that we don't think about, that we we try to think about or we just – because we've been doing it so long. Like one of the ones that came up time and time again was look at the list is ask questions. Mm -hmm. Like players are always afraid to ask questions. They feel like they're being – like they're dumb. Like maybe they should have read more. Like mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like nine times out of ten when I look at a rule book, even after all these years, I have to look the four or five times to find something. Yeah. And that's – it's just the way the systems are written and they're written in the best way they can be in some cases. They are not written in the best way they could be. They're written in a story narrative even in the book. And they're cross-referenced you know? oh, where you might read 80 percent of the rules you need to know about it on page 57. But mm-hmm. back in Appendix B – Yeah. There's this other rule that is very impactful. Oh, God. The whole – Invisibility. Oh, geez. Yeah. Invisibility. Oh, my God. That was – when I – so there was this great – I'm just going to take a small tangent on this one. Uh, There was a great video that that Sarah – an artist that uh, Sarah sent me to that's on YouTube um, who does spells. Mm -hmm. It's the animated spell book. It is fantastic. Animated spell book by Zbash. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. I highly recommend watching it. As a player, I highly not recommend watching it from as a storyteller to players because as a player, you will may you will amazingly start screwing up your GMs. Nobody expects it, a backpack wizard. It, oh man, the backpack <laughs> wizard! But the the invisibility <laughs> one was a perfect teardown of how misplaced or or oddly placed. Mm-hmm. Ca- caveats are throughout the book. And so there's nobody expected to know that information. That's kind of what I'm getting at in this. So as a player, don't be afraid to ask questions. In in all honesty, if you ask a question in a game and you get schluffed off by another player, that's bad etiquette on their part. Right. If right. someone's that's asking not a question in game, for asking the question. They sh- nobody knows these things. So be kind to people who ask questions. Take the time. Okay, to to help educate them and not be a know-it-all about it or or like, well, it's over here or can't you see that on your sheet or blah, blah, blah. Nobody – the first time looking at these sheets, it's literally like you just stepped into an arena. You have a toothpick and there's guys here shooting arrows at you. You've got no idea what you're doing. You're lost. 
I mean, we first off, we were all new once. Second off, uh, not everybody learns at the same rate. I was rate born too. with a D20 in my hand. Right. <laughs> Actually, I was probably born with a D4 shoved in my foot. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, we, we all don't learn in the same ways either. Right, right. And there are some people who, you know, uh, because of whatever whatever circumstances, may need a rule repeated for them three, four, five times, you know, just because there's a lot going on. It's right. new. And it's it's all, it's all very scary, intimidating, and your turn only lasts so long. And then there's a bunch of other people doing a bunch of goofy things. You know, don't don't be afraid to ask, even yep. if it's the second or third time. We were all new ones. Exactly. I think I, I think the next one applies to what I've just been doing. Hogging the spotlight. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's another one for you. Um, yeah. And there are some of us who do like to jump into the into the limelight. Mm-hmm. And uh, do like to have a have everything be the be the us show, and we're gonna talk about how we're gonna you know we we swing our sword and we cut down that goblin and we do this and we do that, and then well four other players are sitting at your table going, okay, exactly. And, uh, so I mean, I'm gonna file my look, nails I, over here. I gotta and wait for you. I gotta leave in three hours. Can we wrap this up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so just remember, it's it's a group game. Yeah. And it's always better when everybody gets a little bit of the spotlight. Exactly. Sharing the spotlight is one of the best things you can do because you get a story told to you for free mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of other players have lots of great input and you can it's, – it's the interplay between the characters that's going to make it a lot more entertaining than anything that just comes out of your mouth alone. Yeah. And as a, as a storyteller, don't be pure exposition. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the, that's great if there's a giant epic battle happening in front of them that's, that you want to be able to show that this is what's happening to the world. It is meaningless if your players are just sitting there with popcorn going, this is pointless. Like, yep. what am I doing here? Yeah, they're watching a movie. Yeah. They're watching you describe a movie, which is even worse. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't even get ILM. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, oh, yeah, feedback. Feedback is important. Oh, wait. We, I nope, missed, we skipped I, one. I missed one. See, right there, right there. And that is listening. Yes. Um, not all players have big voices. That is true. So you've got a lot of people at your table. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will be vying for that uh, that spotlight. Um, as a storyteller and as a player, mm-hmm. make sure that you understand that some players at your table are not going to be as assertive. They're not going to be as outgoing. They may not just even be as vocally loud. Right. And some people may be sitting there in the corner going, can I just – I'm just going to – can I – and after the third time, they're not going to try anymore. Yep. And they're not going to have any fun because they didn't get to do the thing that they are. And then you're going to be upset that they're not playing. Exactly. They're doing something else. Exactly. And they're so. going to get bored. They're going to drift off and they're going to be the person playing Bejeweled on their phone. Exactly. Which hurts all of us as storytellers when you see something like that because you know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not sure what it is and and you just – you get frustrated with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, make just make sure that you allow everybody at your uh, at your table, regardless of their their particular level of input, to mm-hmm. have some input. Mm-hmm. Um, ask for and accept feedback. I love this part. And this is this is players and storytellers. Yes, absolutely, everybody. And I think this is just good life advice. Honestly, totally. Um, ask for and accept feedback, and be and remember it. People give feedback in different ways, mm-hmm. but you have to remember that when they're giving you that feedback, it's their first response. Sometimes they're not going to be that great at communicating that feedback. Listen for the important parts of it. Listen to – and try and repeat it back to them so that you're getting what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And don't take it personally. Understand that we're all learning and growing on this. And if you're giving feedback, make it constructive. And respectful. Yeah, like, wow, your character really sucks is not good no, feedback. No, But – I'm sensing that your character is a very greedy person and I'm worried that that's going to lead to some inner party conflict, which is not something that I'm really terribly down for. Right. Can we just make sure that as you're playing out the greedy aspects of your character that you're not filching from the party? Right. As that would diminish my fun directly. Like, right. oh, OK. I think that's good feedback. Yeah, I mean we can definitely have conflict when you steal from you know the guards in town and I catch you doing it. Right. And you know, put you to the wall and say don't ever steal from those people and you look at me and say, well, who's acceptable then? Mm-hmm. You know, because you just robbed those goblins. So let's 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 get together a line – make a line of demarcation here. Don't ever steal from happy people. There you go. So uh, – Okay, so then the other stuff I think kind of falls into things that you you should that are usually in the rules, like bring dice, bring pens, uh, bring miniature if you can. If if you can, 
Yeah. If you can. Okay. And this is, this is with a, with another understanding and we're going to, we're going to address yes. accessibility a little bit later. Yes. Um, cause not everybody has the same levels of accessibility and that is right. definitely a conversation we, we should have. Right. But if it is within your means to do so, mm-hmm. bring your own dice. Yeah. Bring your own pencil or whatever. Bring your own digital device. If you're playing on like D&D Beyond or another, you know, digital, yep. digital medium, or something like that. Don't show up to a role playing game and go, Oh guys, hey, uh, haha, can I borrow dice? Cause I'll tell you what, after the third time, that gets really old. It does. But, at the especially if you're you know you, you say that every game and everybody knows you have a sack of dice at home, or you know you just keep forgetting to bring your character sheet. You take it home every time, and everybody says leave it, and you're like, oh, I forgot it again. Can mm-hmm. you print print me a new one? Or I don't remember my character, so I'm just going to write some stats down. You know, those kind of pieces get make it seem like you don't care about the story. Exactly. Now, I I, I am never ever going to deny someone borrowing dice if they're like i'm living paycheck to paycheck and this is my fourth D game i know yeah. but i i keep meaning to buy some no hey say no totally more. totally different story say no more this is a completely different story here's some dice yeah we all have we we, we all have some despair yep in fact now, here's a bunch of my old ones <laughs> yeah now now this was me if you have the means and you're bringing someone into the fold you know i think some of the unwritten etiquette of bringing someone new. If you're adding a player to a game that you – that you're part of mm-hmm. or you're a storyteller bringing someone new in and you have that, remember the standard things. You can get them a first set of dice. That's not that expensive. You mm-hmm. can find them for like under 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And a bottle of Crown Royal has a nice bag that comes with it <laughs> and it's a great gift. So, you know, and if you're not drinking, that bag is still acceptable. Man, and that is tradition. That is tradition. You are, you are, you are inaugurating them into a long – and and amazing tradition of yep. gamers using Crown Royal bags as dice. That's bags. right. That's right. That's a good start point, you know. And they have to have their own. They have to have their own. You can't just give them a used dice bag. That's, like, exactly. It's I, already got magic in it, or it's already been destroyed. You never right, know. So, right. I, I think I think the Crown Royal bag and the gazebo story are just the two main things you yep. need to to bring yep. everybody into D anD D, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, or uh, if there are any girls there. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That one too. Where are the Cheetos? Ale high. Alewives, why a dead alewives watch? There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that talk about age. All right, we'll get to those later. We'll get to those later. So let's let's move on from then the player aspects, um, and kind of shift into etiquette as a whole. Yes. Um, now when I look at this, the first thing I think of is house etiquette, and I think that is the the biggest thing. Look, where are you playing? Mm-hmm. You know. Are you in a space that someone is providing? I Meaning, is it one of your friends? Maybe not even the storyteller who is saying, you know, this house is the central house, this mm-hmm. is where, or this is the basement, you know, you know, and or it's the I, we're playing at my house, which I live with my parents, and I'm in the basement. That's how we almost all started. Yeah, you know, and you've got to treat that space with respect. Well, heck, even uh, for a little for 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 a hot second, uh, uh, my boyfriend and I were playing at the one of the local game stores. Exactly. Or even a library. There's a lot of libraries that are often space. Yep. I mean, one of the coolest spaces that I've always wanted to play in um, is you can play. You can, well, you know, you can play. You can get a room at the U of M Law Quad in oh. their library. Yeah. And by the way, it's a choice location because in the Law Quad library there is a Starbucks. That's only for the Law Quad library, and that says a lot right there on its own. You go bankrupt so quick. I know. I know. But. Those spaces, regardless of you know where on the scale they sit, are amazing spaces that oh, yeah. you're being given rights to, and you have to treat that with a level of respect and honor and almost ritual of make sure make sure you don't leave it worse than you find it. Mm-hmm. You know, treat the the host with respect with what you're bringing. Don't bring a bunch of stuff that's going to create a mess. Don't create a mess. Don't assume it's your place that you own, no matter how many times you've played there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't uh, just raid the fridge without asking. Exactly. If there is, you know, going to be refreshments, don't put all that burden on the host. If it is within your means to do so, mm-hmm. offer to maybe bring some snacks or something. Yeah. And some people live in apartments or condos yeah. where they're attached to other groups that noise violations occur at certain times. Mm-hmm. If you guys are playing late, remember that, you know, you can get excited in a quiet way. You know, yeah, exactly. and still kind of push those things out, but you've got to be respectful of the space and the host, and likewise the guests within that space. Those people are coming to you. You have to create a certain thing. I don't think you have to go all out and do anything because you are offering the space, mm-hmm. but at the same time, 
make sure it's clean and acceptable and ready and and playable for the players, accessible yeah. for them to take. Because obviously sitting around on couches is good for certain games. But for a D&D game where you have miniatures and a table space, you you need a physical space to be able to set that stuff up. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add one thing in here that isn't on our show notes sure. to the whole being respectful to the host and respectful to the other players. Yeah. Shower. Oh, please. Please. please you are shower. going to be in close proximity to other people yep. for possibly six, eight hours, uh, you know, going by average times and such like that. I'm with you. We were at Gen Con mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of guys of us and a bunch of us. And I the, by the third day, the scent was was palpable. Sacrifice personal hygiene for three black mana. Exactly. <laughs> It was terrible. But and, – and I think the best comment was made by a cosplayer who said, uh, if you can afford the $60 ticket and the $100 room – You can afford soap. You can afford soap in yep. five minutes of your time. Yep. I mean just – it's the little things that make a huge difference. But please. Kate's over here just nodding. She's like, yeah, she's, I, I am on board with us. Yeah, she, she, she's had this moment. I've been locked in small rooms with uh, – Non-deodorant wears for long periods of time. I'm not saying this room is very big. You have our sympathies. Rip in peace. Yeah, we. I can't say we've come into this small room, which has very little (laughs) airflow and smelt certain things. We're just going to leave that there. (laughs) This isn't a. This isn't an ASMR video describing scents. So we're going to (laughs) step right away from that. Yeah, yeah. That that phase, Kate. I get that one. So so the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. We're sorry. We're sorry. (laughs) We should bring a candle next time. Um. So okay. there's there's treating everybody uh, on 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 that personal level of respect, yes. but yes. there's also a uh, you know an, an emotional and social level of respect as well. Yeah, um, no, I agree. You know, don't don't bring don't bring fights into other people's houses and stuff like that. You know, if, if yeah. when you show up at the D and D table, if you've got some beef with another person, resolve it out of game because yeah. there are potentially four to six other people sitting yep. at the table with you that you know. It's their time. Mm-hmm. It's their game. Everybody's yeah. there to have fun. This is not the time to be working out who, you know, cheated on who with who or who right. left the toilet seat up or whatever, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Who put the toilet paper on wrong. Um, yeah. So don't don't break that. You're friends at that table. Mm-hmm. Even even if you're not friends outside, you don't connect with this person other than on the game days, which I've been in multiple games where that's been the case. When you're at that table, you're all friends. So don't create Discord in that situation. Not in the fact that like Discord, like our communication. No, we but love all you on Discord. Discord. Thank we, you. Yeah, especially the ones who are listening right now. Um, we but, just don't like Discord. Yes, yes. <laughs> the actual other – there's other meanings of the word. So let's go with that. And, and kind of tied into that is um, – uh, t- sorry. Uh, kind of tied into that is a uh, don't do dick moves. Don't – don't deliberately sabotage the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from an angle of how you're feeling and maybe feeling about the group or just who you are in general as that character. Like, you're, oh, I'm going to create a saboteur kind of character. No, that that's that's mm-hmm. not where most role playing comes from. You get a lot of these people who want to, you know, I'm going to be the thief and I'm going to steal from everybody in the group. Or, you know, oh, the, the, the king is giving us this myst- mystical quest and he's handing us a magical sword and we're supposed to go and save his daughter, the princess, or something like that. But, uh, uh you know, I'm feeling kind of random, so I'm just going to stab the king. Why? Why are you going to stab the king? Because, you know, I feel like it. Lol, I'm random. Um, that's, uh, just, you know, if, if you're, if you're doing your active best to just be derailing the story, um, I mean, there's, first off, the storyteller worked very hard on that story. Um, lean into it a little bit. You're probably going to have a lot more fun than whatever chaos you think you're spreading there. Second off, some people, and this is a, this is a point that I will come back to. Some people really only have those four hours or whatever per maybe multiple months to sit down and play that game. Because of work, because of family obligations, because of, uh, you know, having children or, or whatever. But your, you may show up to that game thinking this is just, you know, hey, whatever. This is just my fun time. I'm just going to goof around because, hey, what does it matter? It's just D&D. To some other people, that may be very impactful. And if you are ruining their time, then you're having a lot more impact than you really think. Yeah. It, I mean – I've seen cases like um, 
I was involved in a game where uh, people were showing up late or people would uh, have an issue with uh, being able to get there on time and we had a time constraint. And once we started uh, playing, it felt like they weren't being very respectful of the space or the or the the time that we were there, the scheduled event, and it was once a month, so it was very grinding on me to try and get into story and and have to deal with the interactions of the other players who were just not really being there. They were not in it, mm-hmm. and there were other things going on as well. And I'll kind of get to some of those other points as far as etiquette was concerned, um, and bring this back. But be respectful of those times. And I, I think Sarah, you did say it perfectly with mm-hmm. that. It might be the only time they can. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I was a little disconnected there for a little while, folks. I was, I, I got a bad message. Um, but I'm doing okay. Um, but, uh, the, uh, you had brought up, like, if a person has kids mm-hmm. and it's the only time that they can game, I think that's a very, you have to be mindful as a storyteller to help them and, and keep the game focused for their purposes as well. Absolutely. And, you know, being respectful of other people's time kind of comes down to a couple other things too. Um, you know, some people may not be able to play for several hours without a break. Yeah, physically. Physically, like sitting in a chair, concentrating on a thing, it may actually be out of scope for, for some people. Or, yeah, I um, mean, I have one of our dear friends actually has uh, scoliosis in her back and mm-hmm. she can't sit like that for that long. Yep, absolutely. So I, I totally respect just maybe she has to get up. But at the same time, we have to be aware of those break points. You know, some people have uh, medication issues. Sure. So. Sure, absolutely. Don't you know, don't be afraid to take breaks. Uh, we, we uh, in our game sessions, our game sessions usually run about eight hours. And yeah. roughly about halfway through, maybe a little earlier, we always have a, a, at least a half hour break where we just get up and we get lunch. Yeah. Or dinner or whatever oh, yeah. it is yeah. at that point. And, totally. Um, you know, there's probably about a good hour where we just spend out of character just – Yeah. Chilling, eating, yeah. everybody taking care of whatever needs they need, and then okay, let's um, you know right back into let's, it. Let's get right back in, yeah, yeah. And I think kind of staying within that same respect level when we move into like people having distractions that are there, mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of times technology is involved. I mean, we all have you know our personal devices, whether it's a cell phone, whether it's a tablet. Kids these you know, days, exactly, huh? Am exactly. I right? No, it's adults. It's one hundred percent. It's absolutely adults. So. Trying to keep those to a minimum is a huge thing because we are attached in a lot of different ways. And in that vein, a lot of information is coming at us and is very accessible to us. So times you'll be sitting you'll be sitting there in the game and you might recognize something from, I don't know, maybe like what a meme that you once saw and you want to pull it up and show it to somebody else because it's really funny. Yeah, that's okay, but at the same time, how distracting is that for that for you to to not be involved in the game at that mm-hmm. point. Now you're distracted from the game and you have to catch back up. And that's grinding as a storyteller. I mean, it's it's even happened with me as a mm-hmm. storyteller. And, and I consider myself a pretty, like, serious storyteller. Yeah. Like, I want my game to run very businesslike almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even I'm just like, that's, I'm sorry, that's cracking me up for a reason you probably don't know. Remind me to show you the YouTube video later. Right. And I, I just, that's it. Yep. Just. You know, when we hit our break, then I'll be like, oh, my God, Rob, I got to show you that thing right. that, that cracked me up earlier. And you'll understand why what just came out of Thalian's mouth was so funny. Yep. Yep. And it's not to say that you're not going to have that table chatter. Mm-hmm. But remember that the more you encourage it, either as a storyteller or as a player, mm-hmm. the the more you're dragged away from what you're there doing. So uh, – I and I – and I mean, it, more more from even just, you know, obviously it's disrespectful to other people's time, you know, because it, it may be limited for them. But even just on down to it breaks up scenes. Oh, totally. I mean, if you're if you're there playing, I mean, if you're if you're playing like a goofy game and you're just there to, you know, kind of, yeah. hey, everybody's going to goof around and whatever. We're going to we're going to play some D&D. We're going to dungeon crawl. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm whiz banging the sorcerer. Ha ha. Whatever. Yeah. You know, that's that's fine. Everybody, everybody has those games. Those games have their time, their place, and whatnot. And your your fun is your fun, right? Your fun is not wrong. If and if that's how you're doing it, then absolutely, like let the table chatter loose. Yeah, have and a great time. But if you are trying to play a serious game, and there are certain games that really kind of depend on their flow and their mood, right? Like, you know, Vampire the Masquerade comes to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, Dread. Dread is like, the- dude, don't don't joke around during my game of Dread. We're here to experience horror. And right. terror and right in the name, 
dread. Unless it's Josh Whedon's dread, and then it's then there's that chance can be totally thrown in. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But I think going along with that is like I'll I'll, I'll use the term substances. Uh, but yeah. not in the negative sense. Like a, a lot of people tend to – that I know tend to drink while gaming mm-hmm. or podcasting apparently. That's mm-hmm. a thing. Um, but uh, uh, I think the the whole idea of getting drunk or getting intoxicated uh, pulls away from the story and pulls away from knowing where you're at. I mean I, I can see that when people go too far and get inebriated in mm-hmm. any substance – you're not really putting yourself into the story and you might be like, oh, what was going on? And at that point, you pulled away. You're not you're not there yeah. anymore. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, it's it's a time and place thing. Yeah. Some people are going to have gaming groups that are just, you know, bring your own six pack of beer yep. and we're just going to have a goofy old time that's totally not serious and have a couple laughs and yep. play some D&D and whatever. And that's fine. But if – but. It needs to be established that that's the culture of your gaming group. Right. You, and, and set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. I mean if somebody there is going to be a serious gamer and the other person is going to be a you – know, I'll use the term lightly, you know, complete piss off and, and going to drink the whole time. Uh, if everybody knows that that's the way it's going to be in your game, fine. But if you don't talk about it and you don't set those realities, you could really have some hurt people who aren't going to enjoy themselves and are going to end up walking away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you know, I, I personally would not enjoy that style of game. No, you know, and and I would be one of those people who are like God. I showed up and everybody was drunk. Yeah. You know? Um. Also, keep in mind, and this is this is one of those other places. It's like uh, you know, respectful of the person's home and the person's rules and right. such like that. Um. But uh, as uh, certain other substances become legalized throughout yep. the uh, throughout the, the nation and such like that, just like our own state of Michigan here. Yeah. Um. You know, drinking may be perfectly acceptable. Weed may not. Right. I mean, I I'll flat out say it. I work for a national company because it's not a a federally recognized thing. Mm -hmm. I can't even have it in my house because if I get checked, I get screwed out of it. So you have to be those kind of rules need to be established. Even though I might, I I host a lot of games at my place Mm -hmm. that I don't run. In fact, I host your game um, because we're a good central location. We got the space for it. That's a deadline for me. I've got to draw that one in the sand. Yep, absolutely. So I have no problem with the substance. Believe me, it'd probably be great if I could have some. But you know what? That's I, I like my job too. Yeah, I like an income. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, so we talked a lot about player etiquette. Yeah, I think we need to push into storyteller. I think there. Yeah, there's there's definitely a couple points for storyteller etiquette here. Um, as much as we talk about spotlighting from a player perspective, we also want to make sure. That we're uh, highlighting it from a storyteller's perspective. It is easy to attach to players in a scene um, who might be involved, a social character in a social scene mm-hmm. or a combat character in a combat scene. But it's important that you remember that it's a group that you're working with. Don't favor one over others, even if it is their scene particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes you want to make sure that you're focusing on other people during those scenes that person's going to do just fine i assure you they're going to roll the dice they're going to know where they're going things are going to be fantastic for them but there's probably other players at the table who probably should be part of that scene mm-hmm. you know just because they don't necessarily have it like in the case on your D game of making putting combat people into a social situation you changed the you flipped it around mm-hmm. and it was perfect so watch that favoritism i'm going to kind of cut it short there only because we kind of went over this before but sure 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 yeah, yeah. um and you know, keep in mind too, this kind of extends to yourself as well, as mm-hmm. far as the spotlight goes. Um, we as storytellers sometimes lean into our exposition and we want to spend a lot of time describing yeah. the scene and this is going on and that's going on. We've got this big grand epic vision of how things are happening in our head. But like I said earlier, that's, that's describing a movie to somebody. Yeah. I mean, you if know? you're Neil Stevenson and you're writing a book about the internet and you spend six pages describing a room, that's great because it's in-depth and beautiful, but you've just lost all the players at your table. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, don't be don't be afraid to share your own spotlight exactly. with your players and let them interact a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about being conscious of your timid players, the ones who are quiet, the ones who, who don't normally step forward. Um, and, you know, 
that might be as simple as watching them, trying to figure out who's who at your team and helping pull them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Focus on them. Somebody may try and talk over them, but you have to remember that their voice is important too. Absolutely. Um, and one thing uh, that, that I like to do um, is I, I mean I will go out of my way to interact with mm-hmm. those characters. Mm-hmm. And players. Um, and because I think what you'll find is um, especially with new players, uh, specifically like my boyfriend's group, mm-hmm. um, one of our one of our players uh, is she she is that quiet player. Mm-hmm. And but I think she's got a very, very compelling character. Mm-hmm. And so my character will go out of her way to strike up conversation with her. Mm. And, you know, as just as a player, if left to her own devices, she's going to be that person who just kind of is quiet and says, oh, I like your plan. OK. Did you didn't have any input? Nope. Yep. No, we're just going to go into the dungeon. OK. I'll blow stuff up when I get there. I'm playing a wizard. Yeah. But my character, you know, will will be like, Lady Nightbreeze, Mm -hmm. I want your input on this because you are a noble elf and your culture isn't one that I know a lot about. Mm -hmm. Can, you know, can we have a conversation about this? And suddenly you see her come out of her shell a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I I, I really like that. Um, I, I like giving those quieter players a their chance to shine because not only does it show that they're welcome in your gaming group from an out of character standpoint, right? But sometimes you'll be really surprised very pleasantly by some of the things that they're going to bring to the table when just given a chance and a prompt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's recognizing uh, what they want to play and how they want to play mm-hmm. and also just pushing interaction with them a little bit, giving Absolutely. them that opening, letting them know they're not forgotten at the table. We had talked earlier about special needs and accessibility. Um, be aware of these things. We've kind of talked about it with uh, when we were talking about how to be a storyteller, I think in like episode one and two. We talked about like mm-hmm. recognizing players' needs, recognizing, you know, whether it's just sound, whether they can't hear well, whether they don't speak very loud, you know, whether they need a special place. Maybe they can't physically sit a certain way and they need to have like a prop to help them, you know, put their arm on or something mm-hmm. like that. Give them that accessibility, but accessibility also extends to financial accessibility, I think. And I think that's a lost moment in our minds a little bit because we all have jobs, um, Mm -hmm. or at least some of us do. And, and that financial burden on a new game can be hard. I mean, I don't know about you, but how many versions of D and D have we gone through? Uh, enough. Yeah. More than enough. And it's 60 to 80 bucks a book sometimes. Yeah. Plus all the errata and everything else that goes with it. You're like, geez, how many monster manuals do I need to own? Mm -hmm. Honestly. So. And you know, that's one of the reasons I, we've, I've mentioned like WRNM multiple times. And one of the huge reasons I love that game system Mm -hmm. so much is because it's free. Yeah. You can go download the PDF right now. Yep. And that makes it extremely accessible to people. Yep. You know, you don't even need – you don't even need an internet connection. I will print it out for you. Right. And hand right. it to you and we will learn it in an afternoon. Yep. You know. And I think we'll eventually – I want to kind of – I'm going to hold this off the rest of this discussion because I think one of the things that we can do is talk about system costs. Oh, yeah. I think that Buy in. A, yeah. So let's we'll, – we'll, we'll, let's – Let's can that one, shelve it, maybe. Till On a scale of one to Warhammer 40K, yeah. how expensive is this game? <laughs> the, I think I think we have a topic coming up soon. Right. All right. But I think one of the things I want to hit before we run out of time, because we do have a couple questions I want to make sure we went over, yeah. Um, yeah. It, that we kind of set, set to the side was adjudicating player issues. Right. And I think right. there's two sides to this. There's the one side, which is the I'm, I, I'm a player and I – disagree with the storyteller Mm -hmm. i have the i'm a player i'm disagreeing with what another player can do or not do Mm -hmm. and i think those can be two different issues um like we talked at the the uh at at dinner actually about the dm being always right that that's it's in almost every book every manual you see the same thing that you know the dm is always right number one the dm is always right rule Rule number number two two. if the dm is wrong see rule number one exactly but there are times when the dm is new to the system and maybe mm-hmm. one of the players knows a little bit more. Maybe they're old hat at the system. They're just remembering something wrong. I get checked on rules all the time. I mean everything changes between first, second, third, fourth, 4.5, 5, <sighs> whatever. Yep. So there it, are going to be times that we're – that we run into issues. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things you can do as a player from an etiquette standpoint is accept what the DM is saying but give them the information they need to do it better after. Yes. If it doesn't, if it's not, if it's not a whole scene breaking moment, you know, your character just died because of a mistake, mm-hmm. you know, 
maybe give them the benefit of the of rule number one, and then after the game, be like, "Hey, here's where that rule sits. Here's the text behind it." Right. Um. So there's there's two things there's two things going on there. Um. First off, if you check me on my rules in the middle of a game, um, there's there's a certain seat of authority that I'm sitting in as the storyteller. Okay. Right. My seat of authority is to basically be the judge, jury, and executioner if need be, mm-hmm. in within the scope of that story. Right. Um. And my job is to keep the story running. It sounds really arrogant. It sounds really like, well, I'm a big and mighty storyteller and you're just a little peon player. But to a certain extent, that's kind of how it is. But I think – But, but that's I, but that's mostly, again, just to keep the story running. Someone right. has to be the final say on the rules and how the game is adjudicated. Exactly. And that's the storyteller. Yes. So – it's not an arrogance thing. It's just literally a somebody has to umpire the the, the, the game, right? Exactly, and, um, and then it can so move forward. If you're checking me on rules and in front of everybody else, kind of being like, "Well, no, you're wrong. No, you don't know how to play this game." Suddenly, my whole authority as the storyteller starts being called into question, and right. that can cause a lot of disruption. Right. Secondly, though, um, the storyteller may have a lot of good reasons for why they're ruling. The way that they are, you know, there are things going on behind that screen you don't know about. Exactly. You know, and, and it may just be that they're adjudicating a rule due to a set of extenuating circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, you know, it says on rule one on page 147 that, uh, you know, it's just a you don't have to roll to hit. You mm-hmm. just you just make an athletics check. Well, right. OK, well, I made them roll to hit because in the last turn they took 43 points of damage from an ogre throwing a rock at their head. And I wanted to see if they were too dazed to pull the move off. Oh. Oh. Okay. Right. But I didn't want to break the flow of the game right. to explain that to you. Right. So just make the damn attack roll. Right. <laughs> right. Or or I want – you know, you were dodging out of combat and you have you had uncanny dodge. Yet I made you roll to see if you could make an athletics check. There was no necessary check for it. Well, why would you do that? Well, there was a sniper on a rooftop who has – the ability to shoot you at will. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what your athletics role would be so I could combat that role. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. And I wasn't going to tell you that there was a hidden sniper. Correct. Right. So because you guys never checked that building and never cleared it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, communication is key and the and be sympathetic and empathetic of everything that's going on. I know that's right. hard to do when you're in the heat of a moment and for some people – it's really challenging to to not get your point across. I run into this all the time. Like if the communication is breaking down, but one of the best things you can do is just take a moment and take a breath and be sympathetic and say, "Okay, let's move on." Mm-hmm. You know, if it's more than five minutes, move on. One of the uh, one of the one of the best questions I think you can ask in a situation like that where you do have interplayer conflict is, "What do you think should be happening right now? What are mm-hmm. you expecting?" Right. Out of this, yep. out of this interaction that you're not getting, right? Because I, I think a lot of the conflicts that come up, especially in in role playing games, are just from false expectations. Mm-hmm. When I said that my character was going to do this, I expected this to happen, and mm-hmm. now this other thing is happening, and I don't feel like I have a grasp on the situation anymore, right? And that's right. causing some some confusion for me. Okay, now I understand because all I thought you were just getting pissed that I told you you took forty seven points of damage, right? I didn't realize it was because you expected your athletics role to do this for you and not that for you, you know. Right. You know, and I I think a lot of times in systems, uh, you will get situations where, uh, it's it's something that's not black and white. Mm-hmm. It's not just a role versus a role. It's it's a spell. Yeah. Or it's a uh it's something that's a little gray. Like like, charm, like, a, like a charm person, yeah. Or like mind or, affecting or spells. mind affecting spells or a situational mm-hmm. effect. And I think in those cases it's let's resolve it and move on and come back to it later. Right, right. But we I can... think you're I think you're on to that. So. Yeah. All right. Now, we only got about 10, 12 minutes left. and There's, I, there's, there's one last point I wanted to make. You, oh, really? Yeah. Which one did you want to do? The very last bullet point on our list. Oh, that is true. And it's that a big true. one. It is. It, I didn't even notice how bold it was. So we go through all these rules. We do. All this etiquette. <laughs> all these. Uh, okay. You all right over there? Okay. Uh, and 
there's there's one last there's one last thing that we'll say. I, like I'm fond of saying, I'm, I, I told you all that, so I you could did. directly contradict myself. Yep, yep. This is a game. Yeah. These are all games. Yep. And we're here to have fun. We're trying to. So as much as we have rules of etiquette of how you're supposed to act, how you're not supposed to act, yeah. do this, don't do that, be respectful of this, be respectful of that, blah, 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 blah. Look, it's a game. If you're not having fun. If if you're not having fun, something's going wrong exactly. there. And, exactly. you know, if, if it's coming down to, well, we're creating rules so that you can only have exactly three minutes of table chatter, you're going too far. Yeah. You're going way too far there. It's so. more of a guideline. Yeah, it's more, <laughs> they're more guidelines. <laughs> so, so yeah. just just keep that all in mind. You're right. you're we're all, we're all friends at this table, and just just have fun with it. Just try to be respectful. Right. Golden rule st- sort of stuff. Okay. I think we. I'm going to get the questions because I think I just want to make sure we actually covered these. I think we did a yeah, lot think, of these. I think we're good. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to kind of bounce through these a little bit because there's two distinctly that we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um. That are good questions. Good. 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 Um. Good. Okay. So the Mad Elf asked, uh, "How do you set up, uh, set and reinforce ground rules uh, at the table? In your experience, what are some common necessary ground rules to have regarding table etiquette? I think we kind of covered that. I think so. Yeah. Um. I if you so. didn't, if we didn't, please let us know. God, we just spent 50 minutes discussing it. So know, if, if that didn't do it, I don't know. Well, and then uh, uh, Technology asked, uh, what are your feelings on chatter, table, crosstalk, even out-of-game gags? I think in the – auto, once you step to out-of-game gags, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I think that kind of stuff starts detracting from the game. I think from crosstalk, if you're talking in a meta sense, some games support it. Like uh, Matt pointed out that Mouse Guards is about making sure that oh, it's yeah, a group yeah. effort be in the meta as well. Like – are you sure your character wants to do that? And kind of supporting the role play yeah. side of it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I in, in my game, uh, I, I I encourage table talk and cross talk, right? Uh, because I want I want everybody to feel accomplished and epic and be able to do the things that they want at the table. Right. And if that takes some input from other from other players at the table, saying, "Hey, remember you've got this ability," or right. "Hey, there was that one NPC we talked to three game sessions ago. Do you remember?" Oh no, I didn't remember. Right. But now that you reminded me, you know. Um, I think that's all good. I encourage that because I want mm-hmm. my players to accomplish their goals. We only play once a month and I don't want this campaign to have to run for the next 17 years to get to the end of my story. Right. Um, on the other hand, when you start getting into table chatter, yeah. that's when it's like, okay, make, make your joke. But then let's get back to game. Yeah, don't pull up a YouTube video of it. Yeah, we we all love to have uh, out of character. We all do it. I yeah, do it plenty it. where you make – just some out of character quip, some pop culture reference. Everybody has a good laugh, but let's get back to game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there were two questions, both from uh, the Mad Elf, that uh, are outside of this discussion, but I think they're fantastic questions. Um, how do you decide to end a campaign? One shots are usually pretty obvious. Limited run set number of sessions, it may be clear. However, expectations can change. Uh, the big question is about open-ended, ongoing campaigns. And then how do you decide to move from a one-shot, limited run to an ongoing game? Honestly, for me, after all these years, I would say it comes down to as a storyteller, if that's all the story you want to tell, mm-hmm. then you're done. Mm-hmm. I mean – I have watched a number of really well-constructed TV shows that are literally a story. Mm-hmm. And they stop at the end of their story and move on from there. Yep. And it's beautiful and you can go back to it and you can enjoy it. And I think D&D or any of the systems allow you to tell that story. And there there might be more story to tell, but mm-hmm. you don't want to tell that story. You want to leave that gray as it can be sure, and not move on. On the other hand, if your players are begging for story number two, Electric Boogaloo, I mean, that's really up to you as a storyteller. You might even say like, here's my hat. Who wants to tell the next chapter of yeah, the story. Yeah, absolutely. And that's absolutely. that's a huge thing. A lot of players will be like, ooh, I don't know if I'm comfortable moving into your story. Then but don't it, move into my story. Tell your own. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. I, just, I just told one, go, let's play something else. Exactly. Plus, so. you know, us as storytellers, sometimes we like to be players for a little bit and relax. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... As a storyteller, you are bound by your players demanding more games. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but nor do I think as a player, mm. if you're like, hey, this was a great one shot. And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking to keep the story going. You can be like, well, uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm bowing out. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's your choice as well. You know, sometimes people characters are just done. 
You know, that was that was a fun character for that one shot. But I'm not going to play this for more than, you know, a couple days. I uh, I think I've only ever like finish finished one campaign. No, 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 no. I've done a couple. I've done a couple. Yeah. Uh, but the last last one, probably the most memorable one, I ended it on a TPK. Total party kill. Oh, wow. That's great. Uh, and it was the most epic thing in the world because they, they accomplished their goal. Mm-hmm. The rest of the party sacrificed themselves to make sure that one character could get with the MacGuffin into the place that they needed to deposit the MacGuffin. Okay. Nice. To, w- to win the, to win to the win mission. The thing? Yeah. And, uh, Basically, they, they, they all had like a magical link to each other where they could sense each other's life force. Right. And so the person holding the MacGuffin was alone in this temple, basically right. putting it where it needed to be and could feel the other life forces winking out as the temple oh, guardian was killing oh, them. Oh, wow. Nice. And just decided like, OK, well, there's no going back from here. I'm going to sacrifice myself to put the MacGuffin where it needed to be. Right. And uh, it was great. It was the most powerful ending to a campaign i think i've 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 had yet i like those kind of moments Mm -hmm. um i think a lot of people i think a lot as a storyteller it can get challenging to create those um those moments because it's up to the players so sometimes you'll end a campaign on a great note like that Mm -hmm. and sometimes you'll just be like that's it that was the end I mean, I, I you, we talked about uh, at dinner about Matt Mercer's game, mm-hmm. where everyone's just like, "How could that be the end?" It was like five turns or three turns, and it's over. And the answer is, uh, you played for forty sessions. Right, right, right. Like at four to six hours a session, you, you beat wh- the big bad guy because heck? you spent forty sessions planning how yeah. to beat the bad guy. Yeah, and getting uh, alliances with other kingdoms and yeah. armies and the most powerful magical items in the land. Yeah. yeah. All under your sway. You did it right. Yeah. It's not like you walked in there as a second level character against a 60th level character and and, mm-hmm. and whooped his butt over the course of 19 rounds of whittling him down and almost dying three times. Yep. That wasn't anticlimactic. That was 40 episodes of buildup. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so don't be discouraged as a storyteller that you have to do better ending you know, mm-hmm. and, and push the game or do something like that. Sure. If it's the end, it's the end of the story. Yep, absolutely. So uh, next week you're gone. Next week I am going to be on vacation way, way, way up north. Yeah, you're not going to be near Mike. No, I'm barely going to be near internet. That's that, Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. So uh, you're going to get a surprise episode from me, audience. I'm I'm excited. I'm actually legitimately excited to see what because you, you do won't know what happened in an the hour. booth. I'm gonna I, until I, like you get back. Left for an hour unsupervised. Are you gonna try and find internet and download it by the time it becomes available? I may just listen live. <laughs> yeah, I may just listen oh, live just, on the podcast Detroit. Uh, sit here, uh, app. wing it off of off of some off of some cell tower in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, no, it's it's off the internet at that point. That's true. And That's I, true. I will have an internet connection. Oh, so all right, all right, all right. It's, well. uh, we're going we're going camping up at uh, my mother in law's place. Okay, and uh, so we're gonna have D and D Beyond there, and we're gonna run. Oh, that's one right. Shot. You're gonna be running that one shot. Yeah, okay. I've got a. I've got an 11th level. Are you running? No, no, no. Sean is. Uh, okay. I've got an 11th level Asimar bard, lore bard. Okay. Uh, that uh, I spent all of her uh, uh, lore things on picking up druid spells. Oh, Lord. So. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, be fun. It, it's, 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 it's a whole character concept I got. But uh, That's fantastic. Did you go with, that, with, with a halfling luck? <laughs> no, 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 no. That is, was that, a, is it halfling be, luck? Believe it or not, that was actually the build that I ran last time, the, the halfling divination wizard. Okay. Yeah, that was actually the one that I ran nice. last year nice. when we did this. Nice. So. All right. Well, we're getting our two-minute warning, yeah. uh, which means we, we have to start our final wind here. Uh, so I'm going to say I think we hit everything we needed to today. Uh, if you feel that we've missed anything, especially etiquette wise, please go on our Discord, share your thoughts on this discussion, Shoot give us some additional Twitter. Yeah, definitely. We, we, we would love to have some comments come through on the Twitter side mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, uh, Sarah's going to list ridiculous photos from Instagram, I'm sure, from, of her adventure up north. I doubt it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're notorious about our Instagram, seriously. Uh, but, uh, actually what I'm going to ask for next week, cause one of the things I've wanted to do on Instagram was uh, the the game shelf. Mm-hmm. Send us shots of your game shelf, 
and we will we will co- we will compare like what kind of bookcase oh, do you yeah. have? What, what's what's on the what's on the top corner of your bookcase? And so. I, I I would say probably even I want to open that up like just your gaming space in general. Like if you've got pictures of your gaming group, if you've got pictures of miniatures, say or, for work, please. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but if you've got you know pictures of your of your gaming group together, if yeah. you've got miniatures, something like that, share them send with us. To us, we'd love to see them. Yeah. So them. you can find us on Twitter at st underscore conclave. Uh, Instagram is st underscore conclave where you'll be seeing those kind of things. Um, and our Discord link, uh, which is always found in our Twitter, will have our episode information and we'll get our links up before Sarah takes off. If not, I will try and squeeze them up there. You can also find the uh, the Discord link in uh, all of our podcast descriptions too. Yeah. Uh, so they're up they're up in our in our show notes on uh, uh, Google Play Music and whatnot. Thank you to our Patreons especially, uh, both Eric and uh, Illy May. We appreciate your contributions you've given to us. Anyone else, feel free to go on to Patreon and give us and look forward to a couple new contribution ideas that we're going to be coming up with soon. Absolutely. Uh, our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Gooey Frog. The outro music that you're hearing now is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find both of these tracks and so many more on freemusicarchive.org. We are at Podcast Detroit right now recording, and they are at Podcast Detroit. Our engineer is Kate. We'd like to thank our families as well, both Vicky and Sean, and all of our friends we gave. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Good night. Have a wonderful night.